flagship show of the network the bitcoin podcast episode 187 i'm your first host marcello and i'm most number two demetri Fer- demetri ferguson did you forget did you forget your name there i'm host number three Corey. Corey pet <laughs> petty Corey petty yeah Corey petty <laughs> i was gonna say my middle name too but that's way too much information to give to that many people i think yeah you're gonna they're gonna look you up well if you use the middle name, you can take someone's identity. I don't think that's true at all. I read it in a book. You're reading Are we there yet? Where people will take our identity? People will try to act like us on the emails, remember? Like, I don't know how many businesses got scammed, but it was like oh, uh, there. Yeah, BTC right. podcast at Gmail. Yeah. And, they, and they even said they were you, and they even put a picture of you in there. What? Yeah, I think well, you, I think you if you're getting emails not. from us, if you're getting emails from us, don't expect any particular awesome he- the footer on the bottom of the email. If you see that, then someone's trying to be us because we are not oh, trying yeah. that hard. We have lazy footers, just like adoption is the only thing that matters, and I think it's italicized so people know it's important. That being don't said, that being no. said, <laughs> our emails will be changing soon. So the official emails that people want to get to will be changing too, but you won't. You won't see that if it's not on our website or through our Twitter, then don't accept it. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, we got a we got a sponsor, guys. Word. This is this, this one's been this one's been building for months now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Hit him with it. Hit him with it, Cello. Oh. You even got a nice like like a like a script for it. Yeah. So. I think the way I'm going to do this is for this episode, I'm going to give you the corporate lowdown. And then for every episode after this, Corey's just going to tell you like point blank why, why to use them in a more informal manner. But there's a lot of people out there that don't know about my crypto. In this episode of the podcast, we're brought to you solely by mycrypto.com. Yeah, not cellos, not cellos holdings of crypto. Mycrypto.com. No. MyCrypto.com. It's it's open source <laughs> and it's a client side tool, and they generate Ether wallets and they handle ERC twenty tokens and they interact with the Ethereum blockchain more easily. So they've gone through a refresh in two thousand eighteen, and I kind of want to tell you why they're really great and why they're a sponsor. They've built a considerable amount of care, right, and establishing a team that is well equipped to make choices that are the best for Ethereum, the community and the larger blockchain space, as well as to operate as a fully transparent, compliant, and legitimate organization capable of balancing all the interests involved. So we endorse 
my crypto as the best product to empower people to interact with Ethereum blockchain. The best balance between safety, control, ease of use, privacy, and decentralization. And their team, which includes Taylor, they're there to help. So contact support at mycrypto.com if you have any questions. They were developed by for the community since 2015, and they're focused on building awesome products that put the power in people's hands. So visit mycrypto.com or follow them on Twitter at mycrypto. Yeah. I'm pretty pumped mm, about that one. But, but I like that one. Joe, are we going to do uh jingle? We got to come up with a jingle? Do we have a jingle? Mm. I was trying to that whole time. I couldn't find anything that rhymed with mycrypto. Hmm, that's a rough one. I'll have to start thinking about that. Yeah, I was I was really going for it, and it was gonna be dope. And then my brain took me to like early '80s hip hop. Like I don't know why I was like, so you're online shopping and you had some crypto. What are you gonna do when you have some crypto? And I was like, <laughs> why am I rapping in my head like an '80s rapper? Hey, and then you know what? Mike Jones was rhyming words with who? the same word, and he became popular. So yeah, that's right. That works. Sir Michael Jones rhymed down with down, and I lost my mind. But I was also a junior in high school, so I thought it was Sir great. Michael Jones. Um, we'll, we'll we'll come back to you on that one. We'll give you a jingle next time. So I can't I can't think of anything good off the top of my head. Yeah, that was just a uh, you know rebrand corporate ad rebrand. Shopping Let's do it again. I need a safe and secure wallet. Nope, that's all I got. Nope. Well, all right, I let's, could have let's, been a great let's '80s rapper. Talk about it's some so stuff. simple. Um, yeah, there's some stuff going on in crypto this week. Here's something new. I so I, I realize I read the. I'm in like seven different subreddits, all of varying, um, related to crypto. All of varying like utility or legitimacy. One of them is cryptocurrency. R slash cryptocurrency. And something that has been firing up in there as of late is um, integrations with Twitch. So one of the altcoins, now called Nano, which was recently reduced and uh, introduced on Binance, um, which is the old Rai blocks or Ray blocks, R A I blocks. Mm-hmm. Basically, they created. They've been creating a bunch of like. Um, ways in which to integrate with Twitch and YouTube to pay streamers. Like so fans could like watch streamers and then just tip them and all kinds of stuff, which is, you know, currently if you go to like a streamer online and you'll, you read like the description of what they're doing and streamers are huge. If you haven't, like if you don't follow the gaming scene, a good portion of, of people, especially people under the age of, I don't know, 25 or so, watch people play games a lot like they just follow them they don't even play games they just watch people play games yeah and, it's they, weird. and they tip them and they subscribe to them and stuff but if you look at the description of these people you'll see like 17 different ways of getting them money all of which are somewhat cumbersome well i heard the only option is paypal yeah but paypal depending on how things they'll, they'll withhold your money they take a huge amount of amount of what people get donated from so the actually the streamers who are basically making a living so some of them make a lot of money a lot of people don't and so the margins in which paypal takes 
when people try and tip you is is pretty large. It can maybe even make a difference between you paying your bills and you pay not paying your bills if you're relying on this for funds. Granted, it may be the same thing if you're trying to break out your nano into Ethereum on Binance and then sell that on Coinbase. I don't I don't I don't know what those fees add up to. We need to get Demetrius Johnson on the show. See what he has to say about this. Yeah, that'd be pretty Talking about my alter ego? Do you wish? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I think you're starting you to see you're starting to see projects outside of Ethereum do things that um, may end up making them like, actually come to the surface and and become somebody else other than basically Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. I'm curious I mean, to see who actually wins that game. I think people are just racing the clock of doom. Because I, I feel like a lot of these the extreme general purpose chains are going to just wipe the map with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, but okay, like, cool. You can have a chain with those things, but if no one's building on top of it, then who cares? You need, you you need applications. Of, you need a reason a for people, people to use it. There's a lot of people building on top of Ethereum right now. You're right. They just didn't think about paying video gamers. That's why I think EOS, or a lot of people are putting a lot of money in EOS, because EOS is basically using a good portion of all of their funds that they keep raising over the past year through their ridiculously long ICO to just incentivize developers to build on top of EOS. And so they could end up making this massive developer like application pool assuming anyone actually does this which gives it a lot more credence despite it being basically a, a, a giant private chain so if people yeah man if people use the things who cares i mean why don't we have our own gaming channel what do you mean who cares wait I mean, a second you we, care we but our... we we care but the general purpose does not like general purpose person does not care they don't give a shit about decentralization. They don't give a shit about holding your own money. They just want to do stuff. We yeah, that's desperately what, care. Wait, but you can't wait. just force that on people. You fucking can. Like, that's the whole reason we started this whole thing is to, like, get people to care about that stuff. Mm, not, not like the ideology. I'm more interested in the technology and what we're able to do that we couldn't do beforehand. Man, I am so against creating a giant like Xeno Gears enemy level middleman people. <laughs> like that's not that's not any anything remotely why I get excited about this space. Like yeah, the technology is great and grand and people are finding savvy ways to raise money, which is neat. Like we've created this new strategy towards raising money for your open source or open source project. But mm-hmm. how people use this stuff is very important and we should never stray too far and we can't – it's really easy to fall into a comfortability zone and it's really easy to just be like, oh, yeah, this a badass middleman, I'll choose that one because that middleman does cooler things for me. You know, Zuckerberg, like last month, just said it's a bad thing that a uh, central authority can't control the decentralization that crypto provides. It's not a bad thing. It's a different thing. Well, I know, we know that. Did y'all listen to my talk? 
Yeah, let's see you talk. It's, yeah, it's going to be somewhere in the middle. Is. But you're yeah, right. But it, it depends on what you're doing. Is, this is my favorite thing to say nowadays. It's a slippery slope, Corey. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's that's now your build. favorite thing to say? <laughs> the sli- slippery slope. What would you All say, right. Cello? Yeah. You're on a slope. Friction oh. is low. I think what you're trying to quote is the immortal words of Blade when he says... Some motherfuckers are always trying to skate uphill. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus. that's what the government is trying to do here. Like, there's going to be varying levels of control. We got that. But then as soon as you start to say things like, it's going to be great, guys. We're going to have these giant data servers, and they're just going to talk to each other, and those are going to be the nodes. It's like, oh, wait. Oh, cool. So we're right back where we started. Cool. I just think you have options. So the people who care can use those things. And the people who don't, I'm curious to see what wins out because you know where the money's going. Of course. But that was kind of like the point was. Yeah, but you can't stop it. It's one of those things. It's like, this is always going to exist. People are always going to want more control for themselves. So this is going to exist. But the problem is general purpose people that's a weird thing to say, general purpose people. Like the layman or the person that doesn't, <laughs> the uninitiated, however you want to call them, Jeez. doesn't give a shit you if old, they can do things. You old 2% milk buying ass <laughs> general purpose person. In the Matrix, they called them Duracell batteries. You, you old shark cheating <laughs> only general purpose person. Why don't you get some monster in your life? <laughs> <laughs> That's my new insult. You general purpose You're a mother. General purpose person. Is that like is that like the, the sophisticated way of calling somebody basic? Yeah. You you, you regular unleaded as eighty seven octane using <laughs> Okay. You I'm plain done. oatmeal eating general purpose yeah. person. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, okay. That was good. That was good to what else? Today's episode is brought to you by oh. General Purpose. Speaking of which, like this this interview you had with Jared, was it like super high level or? No, it's very approachable. Just trying to figure out what they're doing, what like where they're allocating their money. I guess for those who are listening, we interviewed Jared from Status, which you saw from the description or the title of the show. Um, we've been trying to get this interview <laughs> locked down for quite a long time, but because he lives in Taipei. And he's so busy finding the schedule to do it had been difficult. So we finally got him. Uh, I I found out that they're going to Bangkok in two weeks. Oh, yeah? On what vacation. Oh, yeah. I think they need vacations, Wait, man. Can you work there? How you do grind you know that hard? vacation schedule? Uh, do I disclose that on this episode? I, I don't think you should. I don't think I should either, but that's how I, I know. I don't think you should have said oh. that. D.E. Jello is in the in crowd. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But I wasn't here for this interview because I woke up not early enough. I woke up early, but it wasn't enough. That was my fault. That was definitely my (laughs) fault. I'm I'm very bad with scheduling. For those that don't know me, um, I'm the worst possible person to, to delegate to scheduling something. I will get something wrong and someone will not show up or I will not show up. You need a general you, you need purpose a general calendar. Purpose. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all both, y'all were both waiting. <laughs> we were sprinting for that joke. Uh, 
I could see both your eyes like light up on Skype as I was talking there, just just chomping at the bit. Oh man. Um, you want to break to the interview and then have like a long back end? Because the interview isn't that long this time. You only had like 30 minutes, so. Yeah. This interview is not brought to you by status, by the way. Maybe um, one day. Maybe only, one day. Only my crypto. And I hope the vernacular that surrounds the culture is, what's your status? And then you open up your status app and you go into it. Um, pretty lame, but whatever. Um, what, uh, what are we doing here? Oh, yeah. Without further ado. Here it is. All right. Today we are here with Jared Hope from Status I Am. Um, Jared, we've been trying to get you on the show for quite a while. I've personally been um, an outspoken fan of the project and watched you a bit closely. But um, for those that don't know or are uninitiated, can you introduce yourself as to like how you got into the crypto space in general, like where you came from, and then what Status is? Uh, sure. I mean, th- thanks for having me um, on here. I, I guess uh, I got into sort of uh, Bitcoin uh, quite early on, uh, probably roughly around sort of um, initially sort of 2010, but didn't really pay much attention to it. Um, then uh, I think probably a little bit later in 2012, um, started to look at a little look at it again because there was some, some movement in its price, and I was like, okay, this isn't just some kind of toy. Um, there might be something behind this. Um, and, uh, you know, that was always on my radar and I kind of like just looking at the, the community, but not really being an active participant. Um, and it wasn't really until, uh, sort of late 2013 where, um, uh, where we saw sort of like a, a whole bunch of different, um, projects trying to make Bitcoin do, do things, um, that it wasn't really designed to do in the first place. Uh, things like name coin, color coins, uh, you know, counterparty, um, um, all, all those sort of things. Um, so uh, when the Ethereum white paper came out, um, it was really, really interesting. Like it was basically, it was kind of provided, uh, you know, a, a pretty gen- a pretty elegant solution uh, and a general purpose system that would be able to enable all these sort of offshoot uh, sort of pro- uh, projects that were trying to move um, sort of Bitcoin forward in different directions. Uh, and at that point, um, I realized that this is like something that, that's definitely quite meaningful and can have quite an impact um, over over society, really. Um, so I, I just felt like I had to drop everything that I was doing at the time um, and, and start working on on Ethereum wherever I could. Um, it was it was a bit a bit later that we got a, a dev grant to um, from the from, from the foundation to uh, port the Java implementation of Ethereum to to Android. Um, so we did that, and we managed to get a full node running on um, on a smartphone, and uh, we even had it running on a, uh, an Android based smartwatch as well. <laughs> oh, Although wow. that was uh, yeah, it was. Um, Definitely got the, the those devices nice and more uh, nice and toasty. That's for sure. So 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 yeah. Since then, um, I've uh, I guess I've really been uh, really interested in how this blockchain technology can can be put out into the world and how we can get more people using it. And um, 
I mean, you can also talk about sort of ideological and philosophical things, like whether you um, like sort of, you know, whether you want to go into libertarian stuff or sort of um, uh, sort of self-sovereign sort of individuals, that sort of thing. Um, they're all kind of interesting topics and, and, and things that I, I really believed, uh, really believed in and subscribed to those ideas. Um, and, and along with this idea of sort of fourth industrial revolution, um, that's sort of happening, uh, happening and it's largely, um, a result of reduced transaction costs and sort of free trade and, uh, programmable blockchains can, can really enable that sort of thing. So we, uh, we ended up creating a sort of, uh, DAP browser initially on, on Android. Um, and I mean, that was, it was pretty straightforward. You know, you could browse to different DAPs and, um, and load them up, but, um, we started to look at like, okay, um, how can we really maximize, maximize the sort of surface area of Ethereum and get onto as many people as possible? Uh, and we looked at these sort of monthly active users uh, for different mobile applications. And we saw that um, really um, doing a browser is probably like your, your, your ceiling for uh, monthly active users is about a third of what it is for a messenger format. Um, so people really do use their use their uh, their phones or their smartphones as communication devices still. So and it makes uh, so we decided to change and uh, change into a form factor that was something like that. Um, and, and we've had this sort of confused messaging between that sort of DAP browser and Messenger um, in the sort of early days, and that's now going to be changing uh, into more of a sort of super app package um, where you can add. Hopefully, by the time we're done, uh, you'll be able to do everything that you want to do in your daily life, but entirely in crypto. So, so that's kind of the, the end goal for us. Um, and through whatever your, your mobile person, personal computing device would be at the moment, that's smartphones, but that, that may change in five to 10 years time. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a hell of a, of a de- desire. And I think some of the, you alluded to some of the maybe philosophical beliefs that you have about what this technology is capable of. And based on those decisions, based on those ideals, it seems as though you've made design decisions about status in a way that makes you, that forces you actually to push the underlying technology that makes this, that makes all this stuff work, which may have um, slowed you down in a massive release schedule. Like for instance, like you're using whisper solely so that you can, you can make sure that, you know, Messages from person to person are private, and anonymous, and and encrypted, and, and things like this. But this this protocol isn't quite ready yet for mass adoption. So you've just decided, enabled instead of taking a step back on your belief on how this app should work, you've put a lot of effort into making into, into pushing the development of the protocol. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and, and you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, uh, there's definitely we we are creating um, uh, our software a, as a peer to peer system. I mean, uh, a large aspect of all of this sort of cryptocurrency space and, and uh, blockchain space is all it's all about decentralization. Um, once you start centralizing things, you create intermediaries, and then uh, then there's power imbalances. Uh, and then you won't end up really creating anything that's much different than what we have today. Um, so, uh, but at the same time, it's also incredibly difficult. Um, in fact, most of the projects out there 
um, have large elements of centralization because they don't want to deal with the problem, even though they agree with it. Um, you know, they, they agree with this sort of idealism, but they want to ship product. Um, we're in a quite fortunate space, uh, I think, that where we have the the resources to to treat the technology uh, correctly uh, and do it quite right. Um, however, we we initially started off kind of doing an interface for Ethereum uh, and building entirely on top of uh, the Ethereum Web3 stack. Um, so that includes, uh, you know, not the, the the Ethereum blockchain that we all know and love, but also Whisper, uh, the messaging protocol, um, and uh, Swarm, which is a decentralized file storage. Um, so, and, we, and we're still doing that. Um, but a large component of that is, is research, and we're, we uh, we are now in a position where we, we are starting to look at how we can contribute more and more to those underlying prog- uh, protocols and, and actually bring them up to a sort of production grade. And uh, that's uh, that's definitely has its own set of challenges, um, but they're quite rewarding. Um, so so yeah, um, Whisper has definitely been quite experimental, but the the sort of privacy features that it offers um, is quite unsurpassed compared to to most other protocols out there for for messaging. Um, you have uh, PSS, uh, which is uh, has a Whisper-like interface, but um, instead of having dark probabilistic routing of messages, um, uh, it has uh, its own Cadmalion network, which, uh, well, Swarm does, uh, which allows you to do sort of um, unicast-like messaging between between nodes, so it's a lot faster. Um, how, however, um, Whisper's history has also been a little bit rocky. Um, we're currently on version five, and um, it works. Uh, works. It works okay, um, but it does have some performance issues. Um, a lot of the privacy features come at high resource uh, costs, um, both in CPU and in bandwidth. Um, in in, ver- in version five, basically, a, a message uh, has a time to live uh, and bounces around the network. Um, but will be propagated to to every node, uh, so it's very hard to figure out exactly where it's going to, or or, or where less so where it came from. But it, it comes from all angles. Um, if you're another node in the network, mm-hmm. um, version six, which is now uh, entering master, um, and it means it needs a few patches, and it needs a bit. Of, uh, we are now testing it and working with it now. Um, it has uh, Bloom filters, which allows you to do uh, to basically advertise to your peers and what kinds of messages that you're, or what kinds of topics that you're kind of you're interested in, um, which is which has been really fantastic uh, in our preliminary tests. Uh, say for version five, we've been seeing roughly about um, a gigabyte worth of data usage uh, over over Whisper version five uh, on a, a daily basis um, instead of average use. Uh, and it looks like with version six and these bloom filters, uh, we will have uh, probably a, a reduction by ten to twenty times. Um, so that will bring us down to, to probably roughly fifty megabytes per day. Um, still, it's not it's not super ideal, uh, and so we plan to do we plan to push that forward uh, with these sort of uh, ultra light client um modes for both whisper and uh the blockchain synchronization uh, les protocol so like clients something else you had mentioned um, to me kind of at a band before we started talking uh, recording the interview was um you're currently in taipei working with a sharding team I, I, because 
what you want to do is kind of send a lot, a lot, a lot of messages that may or may not be like need to go on chain or need to be tracked appropriately. That's like, how, how does sharding get incorporated into what status does? Sure. Um, so I, I think realistically, um, I, it's not, it's not, I mean, status is one, one sort of uh, organizational or DAP in the greater Ethereum ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, working on things like Whisper or, uh, or um, you know, later the light client protocol, the ultra light client protocol, um, they will be helping other DAPs in, in, in the ecosystem. Um, but there's one one big problem that we all kind of share, and it also is a hurdle to mass adoption. And I, I think we all we're all kind of keenly aware of this, but Ethereum in its current form does not scale, uh, which means that no no one can come along and start onboarding lots of users because it'll uh, cause a lot of network congestion. Um, of course, there's solutions to this, and there's been plans for this for a long mm -hmm. time, um, particularly for Ethereum 2.0, um, and that is Vitalik's uh, sharding, uh, sharding plan, um, the first phase of which is quadratic sharding. Um, and this basically uh, will allow us to split up the blockchain space uh, while still having a greater degree of security than merge mining. Um, and for us, uh, we, we want to see this advance forward um, ourselves. Uh, but we come from a, from a slightly different angle where we also have uh, the added constraint of performance um, because we are trying to run on uh, your smartphone, which is mm -hmm. a resource-restricted device. Um, so we are looking to do a, a sort of new implementation for, for Ethereum 2.0 technologies. Um, this will be uh, uh, in a language called NIM. Um, and really what this is about is, is about being a, a light client to uh, the sort of Ethereum network in, uh, in, in all of its protocols that we can support. Um, and this will be largely for sort of IOT, uh, plays, uh, later on, uh, later down the track, um, allowing Ethereum to kind of branch out into, into sort of IOT hardware a, a lot better and a lot more smoothly than it would otherwise. Um, we, we chose the language, uh, NIM, um, partly because it's uh, well. A lot of the Ethereum research is modeled in uh, a language called Python. Um, they are now refactoring uh, Pi Ethereum uh, client into, uh, I believe, Pi EVM, which will, is also going to be called Trinity um, for a sharding client. So, uh, you uh, mod like uh, so, we can basically sort of port and track that that those projects and the latest research. Um, into into NIM, which then compiles down into C, which allows us to get uh, a lot of performance out of, out of the code base. Yeah, that's important, especially when you start getting a more and more resource-restricted uh, devices to use a language that can compile down to much, much smaller footprints while also having higher performance because Python just doesn't doesn't quite cut it. Uh, what's like, I, I, I like that everything that you seem to be doing is useful for the broad community while also allowing status to become like more useful as a, as like a ubiquitous interface to um, the crypto space. Can you talk a little bit about like what you envision status becoming later on down the line? Do you think it will be the main 
like, I guess, everyday person's interface to this whole world? Or are you trying to find maybe a, a somewhat of a smaller niche of people? Uh, I, I think um, initially we're, we're aiming for a sort of smaller niche of uh, people um, just because, uh, I mean, relatively speaking, the crypto community is still quite small. Um, but ultimately we want status to be an interface to sort of blockchain technologies, uh, particularly Ethereum. Um, and, you know, it should be as user-friendly um, as possible that your grandma could use it, for example. Um, while at the same time, uh, working back from that sort of ideal to the technology where we're not really making any sort of, we're not cutting any corners or making any sacrifices there either. What about the status token outside of providing a vehicle for you to do crowdfunding? What's the, what, what, what do you foresee the token being useful for and why would somebody use it uh, when interacting with your app? Sure. Well, I mean, there's, there's actually a lot of reasons. I mean, at the moment, uh, if you are using a light client protocol, um, that client is actually a burden on the network. Um, they are pulling down uh, states uh, from the network uh, to to access a DAP or access a DAP state. Um, and at the moment, that's kind of done altruistically. Um, but the, the whole reason behind things like uh, Swarm is uh, that uh, you, you can do decentralized file storage, but then otherwise you're pretty much doing BitTorrent. Um, but BitTorrent has a problem where over a certain period of time, the seeds drop off and then like there's no interest left in this this particular file and you can no longer retrieve it. Um, which is why Swarm is uh, adding a, a decentralized, uh, sorry, adding an um, incentivization layer to that um, because it rewards uh, nodes for serving up files. Uh, we will have the, the same problems. Um, so for example, uh, the way Whisper works is you send a, a message out into the network and it bounces around. Um, but if the other client is not on the other end, um, they may not receive it uh, at all. Um, in fact, if they even if both uh, peers are online, uh, they may not receive uh, a message just to the, the probabilistic way that messages are routed throughout the, uh, throughout the network. Um, so... Uh, Taking that back to this sort of uh, familiar user interface, uh, there's a bunch of uh, sort of expectations that the, the, a normal user will have um, from a, a messaging service that are a lot harder to, to achieve um, without sort of centralized components. Uh, say, for example, receiving your messages, um, even if you don't have the application open. Um, and this is a concept called offline inboxing. and uh, Basically, if if you are offline, um, uh, sorry, if your if your your friend is offline, and you send messages out. Uh, they are collected by a server. Um, in, like in, in sort of current messages, they're collected by a server, and that server will send out a push notification, and uh, then um, you'll receive a push notification. You come back online, you do a handshake with the server, and you can download the history. So that's pretty much how that works. Um, in our case. Uh, we, we're trying to do this without service. So the idea is that um, you can run status desktop, uh, which will be running an Ethereum node in the background, uh, and you can act as one of these offline inboxes for your friends. Uh, so when when you have that peer online, um, you can you will do a handshake with your, your friends' uh, uh, devices and uh, basically offer up a promise 
um, to store their messages for them and uh, send them push notifications and uh, uh, let them retrieve those messages from you at a later date. Um, but you, you can't do that for free. I mean, you might want to for, for certain friends, but like you can also uh, incentivize that uh, so you're actually providing a service and you can uh, earn SNT via that mechanism. That's really interesting to see like you're, you're because you have these kind of design constraints about what a messaging app has to do, because we've now been accustomed to certain types of messaging apps. You have to kind of incorporate incentivization layers as well as like higher hierarchical layers of trust um, based on who you're communicating with or who you, who you would allow. You can choose to, the people who you allow to store these types of things, which just right now in a client server model, if, if you're using a certain application, you don't get to choose any of that type of stuff. So just even having the option to choose who gets, who you're trusting to store your, your messages when you're offline is in my opinion, like a really cool step forward in um, design mechanism of applications. Yeah, I, I think I definitely think it's a, st a step forward. Um, it's not entirely necessary to have like your your friends that you trust, but I mean, um, it is a feature of it that, that we can we can we can do. Um, and it becomes certain it certainly becomes more practical um, if you want to do ultra light clients, um, because in this scenario, uh, ultra light clients, uh, you basically there is an element of trust. Um, yeah, I was saying. Uh, I was just. I was just saying. It's. It's really cool that you can have multiple options for design decisions, as well as hierarchical layers of trust yeah. for how, yeah. how your application works and how your users interact with it. Yeah, exactly. I, um, that's definitely something that's uh, the hierarchy is is not necessarily uh, not actually necessary. Um, but I mean, of course, that is a, is something a feature that we can uh, implement at the moment. Um, but there's also other reasons uh, which basically stem from performance constraints, which uh, which all, this starts to make more sense. Uh, for example, we'll be implementing ultralight clients uh, where a trust element is is a little bit more uh, required. Um, that's because uh, in doing this, it allows you to no longer maintain a Cadmillion network uh, on the phone, which means uh, you can save a lot of uh, sort of bandwidth and a lot of uh, sort of background sort of CPU if you know that you can connect to a variety of nodes that you you more or less trust and they're going to be connecting to a greater um, whisper network or, or F network, uh, whether it's a sharding um, or, or main chain. Um, right. There's also some other interesting things that like well, we've been thinking about, uh, for example, um, the way that we will probably plan to do to do group chats is, is fundamentally quite different from how we currently think about group chats. Um, I don't know if you've had a have. Uh, there's a there's a really good subreddit um, which is astrophysics. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a look at it before. I have a PhD um, in physics. I I, I, I okay. hope I can understand what you're going to talk about. <laughs> uh, no, it, is, it, it has nothing to do with astrophysics. Uh, oh, it's okay. More about like, if you if you visit this uh, the astrophysics subreddit, um, you will see uh, a very interesting um, CSS styling. Uh, let's say, okay. Um, and then basically, this is a result of uh, uh, if you this is a result of a moderator that's gone rogue. Uh, I think probably three months ago now. 
Oh, wow. Um, yeah, exactly. So he's basically <laughs> covered it in sort of anime and uh, there's some uh, crude wording. Um, the sidebar is just completely messed up, right? Um, and so, so there's one problem in, in sort of uh, public chats uh, and how, how these things are moderated is there's always like a one-time trust decision that's being given to either the creator or or the creator ends up bestowing upon a friend and or, or someone who they trust at some point. Um, but now, for example, in this uh, astrophysics subreddit is there is, I think there's 10,000 uh, astrophysicists who uh, don't have any power to fix up this subreddit. According to the subreddit, so there are currently 10,632 versions in this subreddit <laughs> and about 15 losers that are there now. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is me, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So, so it's not good. Um, so now we're thinking about how we can how we can re-implement uh, how we can create um, the same sort of functionality of a public chat and, and moderation without having this kind of problem. Um, and so if you go into the the sort of sidebar there and uncheck like use subreddit style, you can kind of get it to look a little bit more normal. Um, and I, I think this is a really important point that. As a user, I have the ability to choose how I view this information. Um, and in in Reddit, you can turn off the default style, which makes it marginally better. Uh, so you've actually rescinded some um, some operation that this rogue moderator has done and imposed upon you. Uh, how this translates into sort of moderation rules uh, is probably something more like a amendable constitution. Uh, but this constitution will be a set of different rules that almost anyone can actually uh, can uh, actually uh, submit to, and this would be a smart contract uh, with some kind of um, each rule would have some kind of logic attributed to it. Um, but then people can sign them, uh, and you, you, we will have a, a trust network uh, built out, or at least your client will trust you your friends and friends of friends, uh, uh, depending on uh, depending on a variety of factors that allow you to automatically subscribe to certain rule sets. Uh, and a later, there is also an economic um, incentive layer uh, to, to this as well, where people can actually get paid for adding usable like rules that are actually used by the, the dominant um, participants. Um, so in, in many ways, it actually ends up behaving a little bit more like subscribing to some kind of hashtag uh, on Twitter where you can see a stream of information, um, but it's not necessarily a channel. The views that you end up having of that stream are different depending on the rules that you subscribe to hmm. uh, and the rules that your friends subscribe to. Uh, so you can imagine that like uh, maybe your client won't even allow you to see messages or even uh, pass on messages uh, unless that that particular participant has um, put in a, uh, a deposit of a certain amount of uh, crypto tokens um, to enter that chat and participate in it. Um, so yeah, it starts to get pretty wild, um, but yeah. Yeah, you can, you can fall down the rabbit hole on that one. I think that's a good way to kind of um, wrap this up. Is there any question that I should have asked you that I didn't get around to? Um. There's a bunch of stuff that I want to talk about, uh, but uh, I, 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 
there's some really interesting plans that we have to to kind of grow out um, the rest of the Ethereum community, um, particularly uh, sort of projects that don't necessarily require some kind of token. Uh, so we are planning to do a lot uh, in that space this uh, this year, and that comes with a sort of slight rebrand of, of status as well in terms of its messaging. Um, uh, but I, I can't talk too much, too much about it. Uh, very exciting. Um, definitely hear some more news about it soon. I hope to have you back on so you can talk about it when you can. Yeah, I'd love to be. How do we? Uh, how do how do people get a hold of you? How do they contact you? How do they how do they get involved if they're interested? Uh, yeah. So I mean, we have our our um, our riots. Uh, you can go um, go to a status.im, um, join our riots, uh, join the community, and and come chat with us. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, Jared. I appreciate you coming on the show. It's been great to have you and uh, um, look forward to seeing things move forward for status. Thanks so much, Corey. Enjoy the rest of your day. And welcome back uh, from the interview. We we hope you enjoyed it because uh, we were trying to get status on for a long time. We like status. We like them. I'm a big fan. Big fan. Because... Uh, they're they're getting this whole open source development thing right, I think. And well, I think the big part, I think the, the like about them is that instead of um, compromising the ideology of what they're trying to do with all the mm-hmm. money that they've made, um, because it's, it's like the technology is not quite there yet for what they're trying to do, they then fund all of the protocol development to get there, as opposed to just saying, "Well, we'll just we'll just compromise for now." And then we'll add that stuff on later just to get the product out the door. They're like, no, we're going we're gonna to push the entire space forward with the money that we've made for this application so that we can do it right the first time. I think that I, I appreciate that more than anything else. Yeah. I, I appreciate. Um, also, if, you don't, if you're not aware, Jared has one of those mega beards. He's got a powerful beard. It's, it takes way too much care. I don't. I don't have time for that. You, what are you talking about? You've got a powerful beard too. It's not powerful. It's just like your standard beard. Yeah, it's like in the the vaults of Valhalla. Yeah, the beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not thorn out or anything. <laughs> I'm trying to go for a beard. It's taking a while, but I'm like, I'm will like my willpower is making it grow faster. The only black guy with a beard I can think of is Rick Ross and pre-drug John Jones. <laughs> Who can you think of? Is there such a thing as pre-drug John Jones? That's the debate. That's the million-dollar debate. I don't I don't think there is. Mm. He could be the greatest fighter of all time, but I'm pretty sure he's been on some type of drug. <clears throat> that dude probably drinks Listerine. He's got it in his eyes. He's got that look that's in his my, eyes. That's my conjecture. I have no idea. So hey, on the last episode, remember that crypto tax lady was saying that KFC in Canada has Bitcoin buckets? Did you get one before you left? Do you remember Corey? that? I didn't go to Canada. You just came you. from Canada, D. What makes you think you're talking to me? Oh, I thought you said London, Cello. I was really not listening. Uh <laughs> Uh no, yeah, I didn't get thanks. a Bitcoin bucket. I didn't get a Bitcoin bucket. Uh, failed in life. What were you I, daydreaming I, about just now? That's more important. I, I said was an eight-second sentence, and you trailed off. I was, I was 
I'm daydreaming about what I'm saying when I call Burger King. Yeah. Before we get to that, before we get to that, I want to know. I want to know about the talk that you gave um, in Canada, since we're already talking about Canada. Can oh you, yes, can you talk about that a little we bit. To, we need to. I don't promote things that I do, and I'm bad about that. I'm learning that you've got to toot your horn sometimes. You just have. It's part of life. So I went up to Canada, got to toot my horn. Um, so this event was put on by this company called TechSpark, which is nonprofit. And um, they they really focus on trying to introduce technology to to underprivileged areas. So like you got kids in a school, and the school's got got uh, books that don't work well, and they no, I'm kidding, it's underprivileged school, and uh, they introduce the kids to technology. One of their recent initiatives is like taking the VR goggles in there and getting kids get to experience learning in a, in VR or augmented reality, which in my viewpoint seems like it's really cool. Like if I were a kid and I could just go to the pyramids, uh, put on by Tavar Huggins with TechSpark. And uh, I just got to talk about a little bit of everything, honestly. It started out shaky because like the first question was like, give me the history of Bitcoin. And I was like, whoa. That's deep. Come out the <laughs> gates there with the history of Bitcoin. I told the story of how Satoshi Nakamoto met Hal Finney at a subway. And no I'm kidding. Uh, you could have made so that up. I think they would have believed you. But yeah, I could have said anything I wanted. But uh, I tried to keep it legit, and it really, it really got into my area of. And by the way, it was like a fireside chat. It was like a. You ever seen between two ferns? Yeah, that's kind of the style. This is not funny, and, and like, uh, a, and a gang of people around you, just like staring at you. It's funny because our old buddy Tom came to watch me, and like, I wasn't nervous at all until he started getting nervous for me because like we walk in and they're like rearranging the entire room, and he's like, "What are they doing?" And I was like, "I think they're getting ready for me," and uh, he was like, "Holy shit, man!" And then people start coming in, and he's like, "Dude, this is a lot of people." And I was like, "Dude, I was I was gonna be fine. You need to shut the <laughs> hell up. Like, you need to relax." Um. So, it uh, the Q and A was great. I think um, there's a lot of people that are really curious about this stuff, and no one is no one is quenching that curiosity anymore because i feel like it's hard to find that simple information again everything is shrouded by you know hodl hodl bro hodl bro buy buy hodl price price and that's kind of the only stuff that you're bombarded with so um one thing that will never happen to me what might happen to me again in my life I was like, as soon as the Q&A was over, I offered the opportunity to show people how to set up a wallet. And I was just like, just a stampede of women. It was great. And Tom was like, that's the only time you're ever going to be surrounded by 15 to 20 women again like that. And I was like, I hope not. And, uh, but it wasn't that kind of like surrounded by, I just, I just gave him, I showed him a Jack's wallet. And then things got even more 
Womp. Deep. Womp. That's yes. just how I just needed a multi-coin wallet real quick. And I'd never used Coinami. And um Edge, dude. X Well you gotta go online and get the beta link. I don't think so. Right. It's in the app store. I just downloaded it. Okay. So that's so that's new then. I thought you had to go to the this website to get the beta link and then get the beta link and then get the Cypher wallet. A lot of things better than there Jackson. There are many options, but when everybody's right in front of your face, you just go with uh, whatever you uh, want. Oh, Jax, okay. Phone. Like, <laughs> Jackson, get a Jax wallet. Um, but then, you know, that went into another interesting conversation. They're like, all right, I got this Jax wallet. And I was like, make sure it's the right one. And I looked in the app store. And I was like, okay, it's the right one. And then it opens up and it's like, here's your passphrase. And they were like, what the hell is a passphrase? And I was like, and this is like 15 people all at once. They're like, what is a passphrase? And I was like, oh boy, there's another learning moment. So then I had to take them into a passphrase and why it's important. And then there was three people that were like, oh, I skipped that scene. Was that important? Or I skipped that screen. Was that important? That passphrase stuff? Was that important? And I was like, it was extremely important. Uh, hence the giant warning sign on that screen <laughs> and everybody laughed a little bit. <laughs> so I took them through that and then they're like, okay, cool. I got my wallet. And then I was going to send them some Bitcoin, but I didn't have any more Bitcoin in my Dax wallet. So I, I just have a bunch of ether classic sitting in there. So I was like, this is a good opportunity to tell them a little bit about altcoins. It was a good little mini workshop that happened right after my speech. Um, and a lot of people, I think two of those people will lose their money forever because they were not listening. They were like just skimming through. And I was like, the password is important. Go back, write it down, store it, export your private key there, write that down, type it somewhere, print it out, store it, know where it is. Two of those people like eyes just completely. Is that okay? Is that, are we just, are we just gonna have to accept that people are gonna lose their money or is it or do we need to keep changing it so that we get that down to like one person in a thousand is just gonna lose their money what's okay what's the threshold right eventually one in a thousand needs to be the threshold for the medium term intermediate i'd say three to five years uh one in a thousand uh but the thing is, is that the thing that's really great is this is when I noticed that things are taking a turn for the better is that somebody asked a very interesting question. They were like, so when what's going to allow this stuff to survive? Like, why aren't governments just going to put the kibosh on it? And I and I answered that with, well, it's going to get really hard for them to put the kibosh on something when regular Joes like me and you are using it. Not just holding it, but using it. If it becomes easier to use and you're sending money back to your family, you're sending Bitcoin there, you're going down to the gas station and paying with Bitcoin, and everybody is committing to civilized commerce with this stuff, it's there. there's going to be really hard for them to just put the kibosh on it because it's not going to make any sense. It's going to be too authoritarian. It's going to be too big to make – it's going to make enough people angry by taking away that utility that you'll get a lashback. If they would have put the Pukawash on it, it would have been way easier a long time ago when no one knew what it was. Yeah. 
they're really running out of time to put the kibosh on anything. And then to take that moment and put it over the the tipping point was afterwards was really cool. Is like the people noticed that I was kind of there were other people that wanted to come and ask me questions about the show, about my history and stuff, but they saw that I was just kind of like, you know, saturated with uh, general purpose people. So they started like, <laughs> they started forming their own little cliques to answer questions for people. Cause there was a varying range of experience in the crowd. Like one guy was like, I just wanted to come to see you because I listen to your show all the time. I'm, you know, I probably know this stuff better than you do. And I was like, probably. There's a lot of people like that. And did you, did you hold like, out your hand and said, I'm having a conversation? <laughs> yeah, like, I did not pull a Vitalik non-social ass. Vitalik, you're smart, but that was weird. I'm having a conversation. You're uh, rude. Huh? You're rude. I'm not rude. Rude. That guy was an ass, man. I did it like, to Michael Bisping. Michael Bisping was clearly in a conversation with two people. And what did he do? He said, excuse me, let me take this picture real quick. Yeah. Michael Bisping is about like who I being am. a celebrity. Michael Bisping likes being a celebrity. I don't think Vitalik likes being a celebrity. Okay, but if you're in I'm going to take a picture mode with somebody else three seconds before and then I walk up and then you're having a conversation out of the blue. That's weird. I'm just saying, Metallic, you're cool. Hope I get to interview you someday. Uh, but uh, that was weird. Oh, <laughs> anyways, we anyway, that. let's move on. Yeah, so long story short, Tech Spark, uh, Tea and Tech is the event. And if you are listening, if you are in Toronto, I, I would heavily recommend going to Miss Huggins' events. Um, it's it's just all about technology and it it's really focused on uh there's a part in there a little twist I forgot to add is is, is black people and outreach to the black community um a lot of people don't understand just because the door is open doesn't mean people are gonna walk through want to tell them the next one I have it if you okay uh the next one is black women learning code uh March twenty first at six p.m. Yes, March 21st, Black Women Learning Co- I think I just got an email on that, actually. Yep. With Tanika Jones. What's up, Tanika? Good luck on your talk. Y'all want to call Burger King? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do this shit. What's up, what's up, Burger King? What's up, what's up, what's up? D, you're good to talk this time again. I want to see... Yeah. I'm really curious about the, the, the your ability to on-ramp people from your previous time calling Burger King because last time it was garbage. No, man. It was great. I was like, uh, <laughs> it was it's so funny. Bad. What episode was that? So people who, who are curious can go listen back at when we called Burger King a long time ago and you tried to convince them or explain to them what Bitcoin was and you failed miserably. Uh, that was episode 43. Jesus, how do you know these things? I just Googled Burger King, the Bitcoin podcast. Oh, how about that? That works. I thought you just knew that. I was going to call you a psycho. No, that'd be Rain Man level right there. Yeah. No. Um, right. Here's a funny thing. It's almost two years to the date. February 28th, 2016, we we called Burger King. Wow. So this is the call Burger King and ask him if they do shit they don't do season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. Let's give it a shot. Mm, we're calling Burger King. 
Gotta fill up the silence with some song. Why do we, why do we keep choosing Burger King? Because it's the crappiest of the fast food restaurants, I think. You Except think so? Arby's. I don't know. There's Subway a, just Burger near bad. Burger. They got flame broiled, bro. Oh, yeah. Subway's pretty garbage. I like Subway. I don't really eat fast food, so I can't say too much. Subway it's, is just the slimy meats. I don't consider Chick-fil-A fast food, for oh, all those who are wondering, because I like eat me some Chick-fil-A. They didn't pick up. We couldn't hear it anyway, up. so... All right. We will try again some other well, time. We can... Let's try something different. Let's try the Copper's Cove Chicken Filet. You're just going to... How about a, how about a Schlotzky's? Isn't that high-end? I don't think there's... No. Like, if you had some... Some Quiznos employees and a Schlotsky's employee and some Burger King employees. They wouldn't talk to the Burger King employees. You don't think They'd so? They'd have their nose in the air. You don't think so? Yeah, Schlotsky's is kind of up and they use plates. Up <laughs> <laughs> So let's give them a sh- let's give them a shot. Wait. We're calling Schlotzkys. We're not. I didn't. I didn't call anybody. We're not doing anything. <laughs> Is Skype working? You called somebody. Time? Yeah, but I didn't push the call. That was weird. That was creepy. I didn't push that. I didn't do that. All right. Now I'm calling Slotsky's. Weird name, serious sandwich. Mm, we're calling Slotsky's. Is that their motto? Yeah. We call like Bill Schlotsky. Do we call V Schlotsky and his ranch? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, crypto. <laughs> It'd be good for you. I promise. This isn't working like it did last time. I put the number in on Skype and then push add to call. And And this is what it's like to have a really technical podcast. It didn't work. You have reached the Time Warner Cable phone customer. This mailbox is not currently accepting messages because voicemail has not yet been activated. But you won't hang up. Please try your call again later. If they don't have voicemail, they definitely don't take Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Slotsky's is really not holding it down. All right, it looks All right, like we're gonna we're gonna try some other time to do this because I don't want to spend the rest of my time doing this. <laughs> All right, you call it Best Buy? They just opened. Dude, we all know Best Buy don't take Bitcoin. We know Burger King isn't gonna take Bitcoin. I'd be curious, like from a business perspective, on a company that big, that's a pretty risky move right now to take Bitcoin. Yeah, so call Best Buy and demand to talk to a manager, and then let's have this conversation with a manager. All right. If you're listening to the podcast, thanks for hanging in there. I'm probably going to cut all this out. (laughs) We need like a 90s. We need a 90s. Sorry. What did you say your name was? Danielle. Hey, Danielle. How's it going? You guys open right now? Yes. Sweet. I imagine so you picked up the phone. Wow. Super early. <laughs> well, hey, I got to let you know something. Okay. I'm on a podcast. I'm recording a podcast. Oh, 
and I just wanted to call you guys, ask you a question. Are you cool with that? Um, what's the podcast about? It's about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. It's about what now? I'm sorry. I expected that response. It's no, about I, cryptocurrencies. I didn't hear you. It's loud here. Okay. It's about cryptocurrencies. Oh, interesting. I know, right? So the question that I need to ask you, uh, do you guys take Bitcoin? Because I was getting hungry and wanted a chicken sandwich, and I thought I'd come down to you guys and get one because you have the best chicken sandwiches in the world. Do You're you take Bitcoin? We um, we do not accept Bitcoin at the moment, but anything you, is possible. <laughs> do you know what Bitcoin is? I do, yeah. This is great. This is awesome. Okay, so if you had to explain Bitcoin quickly while we're on the phone now, what would you say it is? I'm like an internet currency. From what I from what I know of it, I haven't researched it a lot. Just kind of like um, you you buy into it and everything's on like through online. Okay. Hi guys. Good morning. Oh, that's pretty close. How nice do you have to be right now? I know you guys are historically nice at Chick Fil A. Do I have to let you go, or can, or can you just? I'm sorry, you're cutting out, and I actually, I have, um, I have to go right now. I have a full drive-through. Okay. She's trying to work, man. I imagine so. <laughs> hey, Danielle, thank you for the awesome chicken sandwiches, and thank you for at least knowing what Bitcoin is. Have a wonderful is. day. All right. Bye bye. Hi. Good morning. All right. So at least they know what Bitcoin is at Chicken Filet. That was a drastic difference than last time we called Burger King. They were like, uh, what? And yeah. they're like, and you're like, well, it's money. And like, they're like, well, we take money. <laughs> but why is the person doing customer service and drive through? Because she's answering the phone. He didn't ask for a manager. He just started talking to the first person that picked up the phone, which could have been anybody. <laughs> so yeah. they're really understaffed. You're worried about that? <laughs> Well, yeah, I wanted to have a conversation. Not like, oh my god, the drive-through is rush hour right now. Like, it's Chick Fil A, dude. It, they're always the drive-through is always busy at Chick Fil A. There is no time when the drive-through is not busy at Chick Fil A. Yeah, man. I thought you I called Best Buy, and I was like, "You're talking about chicken sandwiches, man." Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, I told you guys I was not busy at Wendy's. Anyway. Uh, Let's talk about something yeah, else. That was a fun adventure. So, guys, baby steps. Three years ago, didn't even know what cryptocurrency, didn't even know what Bitcoin was. I'd say now, her, her she wasn't forward. wrong about what Bitcoin was. It's an internet, internet currency. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and she's optimistic, yeah. whoever she is. Yeah, she is. Danielle's cool. But, like, Chick-fil-A uh, workers are like Costco workers. You can't trust their niceness sometimes. Yeah, it's always their pleasure. I don't trust that shit. <laughs> no, because I swear to God, the first time I went to Chick-fil-A, they were like, my pleasure. And I was like, oh, this is a delight. They are very, very nice here. But then I went again and they said, my pleasure. And they I was have like, to say oh, that. they're trained to say that. And it just ruined it, ruined it for me. So if, it, if a kid is trained to say yes, ma'am and yes, sir, it doesn't mean anything to you when they say yes, ma'am or yes, sir. I actually I enjoy it if a kid is – they say those things. I do. It means a lot. Ooh, Corey, with, always with the quick quick rebuttals, bro. There ain't no such thing as a point that goes unrebuttled around, uh, 
a Dr. Corp Petty. I like That's to why consider... my kids are just like, D, hi, D. <laughs> no, they're not. Your kids don't even <laughs> say anything to me. And they am sure wouldn't say D, because I would be like, that's Mr. D, and you and Sheena would probably sigh, and I would say, you damn straight, Mr. <laughs> D. Funny story. Not a funny story. We don't have time for that. Um, we're Let's plug and go. Right now. Let's plug and go. I think we're, at, we're sitting about an hour so, now. All right. This show was brought to you by Chicken Filet, D's grandiose idea to start a restaurant across the street from all Chick-fil-A's that's blue in black instead of red and white. Uh, it'll happen one day. It's only open on Sundays. Um, what else do we do, guys? That's it. Play the oh. no, <laughs> Satan sandwiches. Open on Sundays only. Open on Sundays only. Um, let's see here at the PTC podcast on the Twitter machine. You can do a little tweeting to us and we'll tweet right back at you. Got something you need tweeted? That's cool. Want to tweet to us? That's cooler. Wait, we don't tweet things for people. I'm sorry I said that. We don't even remotely tweet things for people. Uh, we that, That's where we are on Twitter. The medium.com slash the Bitcoin podcast, and you'll find blogs by one uh, Corey Petty, uh, myself. Um, what else is going on here? Oh, uh, Shopify is up. No, it's not. We can't say that. By the time it airs, it'll be up. Aaron is currently working on it right now. But the infrastructure is up. So we're that much closer. We can give you some sweet swag. Yep. We're going to make it. So, Miller, I know you're always in the Slack and you're always like, hey, like, you guys really don't do a good job of making it easy to give you money for your efforts in this space. And uh, I don't like that about you guys. And I was like, that is very. Hey, I don't. Well I don't go into back. his grocery store and say he doesn't do a good job stocking. Yeah, but yeah, he, he doesn't try and talk to us while he's stocking either. But if you did, Jello, I'm pretty sure he would say, uh, "Thank you for the feedback. Let me see if I can do <laughs> yeah. a better job stocking my food because I'm a grocery store, right?" So I'm sure that would be his response. Uh, if, yeah. if if our if the worst complaint is it's not easy enough to give us money, I'd say we're doing all right. Yeah. Because the worst complaint used to be like, what, six months ago, people were upset we weren't talking about crypto enough. So, uh, can't please everybody. <laughs> that's true. Can't be a people pleaser. Uh, that's enough. But, we're done here. Be careful what you wish for because Bitcoin Podcast coasters are coming to the store. <laughs> Give us your money. <laughs> All right. We're done. Play.